for all women. Hello, Hannah here. Welcome to another of our In Conversation podcasts. This one was recorded back in October at the Leamington Comedy Festival, in which Sarah Millican and I were joined by the actress Sally Lindsay and the comedian Joe Emright. We had a great time. We talked about doing the splits, we talked about local newspapers, we talked about boiling tea bags in a kettle uh, and looking like a brown owl. So pretty much loads of stuff for people to enjoy there. So I'll just leave you to just tuck in and I'll speak to you again at the end. Welcome to the Standard Issue Podcast. Thank you. Uh, should we do introductions? Hannah, do you want to start? Yeah, okay. Um, well, we generally introduce ourselves with our name, who we are, and uh, a fun fact about us. So, uh, um, my name's Hannah Dunleavy. I am one of the people who produces, writes, presents the Standard Issue Podcast. And I have a problem with sympathy. Um, <laughs> is that your random fact That's about yourself? Fact. And I can back it up with I another fact, that. which is that I once uh, told a flatmate of mine to stop malingering and eat some vegetables, and the following day she fell into a coma. Because she ate the vegetables? Uh, n- no, because, because she, because she didn't. didn't take my advice. No, because she was seriously ill. Oh. <laughs> wow. And apparently just going in, opening the window and shouting at her. Didn't work. Didn't work, no. And was she all right? Is there a good ending? In the ending? end, she was all right, yeah. But it, it, Are you still t- friends? It took months. Uh, funnily enough, not so much. <laughs> She can't face broccoli now. No. <laughs> Joel? Uh, so my name is Joe Enright, and I'm a, a stand-up, and uh, I, I do acting. And my little, what do I have to say, quirky fact? Yeah. yeah. Okay, one of my first jobs, I think it might have been my first, maybe my second job, was in the 1980s when you used to get a packet of cigarettes out of um, a machine in a pub. Mm. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. I didn't smoke, but... I did once, actually, but then I coughed so much, I never again, never again. But um, you used to get your change sellotaped on. Mm. Does anyone remember that? I think they were £1.78 and you used to put one eighty in and you used to get a two-pence piece sellotaped. Mm. That was my job. (laughs) (laughs) That's absolutely God's honest truth. I had to sellotape the two-pence pieces. You're jealous, aren't you? Yeah, that's absolutely true. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. I, used to, I did that when I first started smoking, but I just fought the way through it. I did 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> Coughing my guts up. It's really sensible. Sally? Uh, my name's Sally Lindsay, and I'm a turn, as in actress. And um, what's a fun fact about me? I can do the splits. <laughs> can you? Yeah. Uh, when did, how did you learn? By accident, or did you train? <laughs> well... <laughs> Amazingly, as you can say by my massively tiny, lithe body. But I used to be a, a really into gymnastics when I was a kid. Yeah, I was and, too, and Sally. Oh, well, yeah. Mm, can you do the splits too? No. Oh. And, uh, and, and, can you and stick just... two pence pieces on? <laughs> <laughs> Not like you can, Joe. Me dad's scared. Um, yeah, I can do this. But, and it's just something that's carried on. So, usually help with a few glasses of vino. <laughs> do you but, still uh, do them? Can you yeah, still? Yeah, I can do the splits, yeah. Oh, You're looking at the floor, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, oh, it's great for a podcast, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> uh, and for the 
That is for impressive. The, for the listeners at home, that was Sally Lindsay doing the splits. I don't know why I thought now you were going to... You did it front ways. I, I don't know why do I thought way. you were going to do it that way. Oh, I'm sorry yeah. to disappoint you. Especially as she's had <laughs> twins. Could you, for next twins? time, could you try and no, do it the other way? I'll go back in the gym and do box ones for you, Sarah Millican. <laughs> you could. Um, I am Sarah Millican, and I am a comedian and an author now. <laughs> apparently. And I did the splits once... By accident. <laughs> um, I was staying at my auntie's. So my auntie was uh, changing an old pub into a house and getting it renovated. And we went to stay there while my dad came and did some wiring for her. You know, when dads have to do jobs on holiday like that. <laughs> and I was chasing my cousin around, or she was chasing me, I can't remember. And I slipped on, yeah, on the sort of stone tiles. And as my mum termed it, Split my difference. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know when the next time I do that, and then that will happen. Because I'm 44 now. I, I can't. Have Is that why you keep doing it, just to keep it? I just keep, and, and one day it's gonna. It's gonna something's gonna difference in it. So it's gonna go. Yeah, I don't know. Why. Um, How old were you when you first did that, Sally? I was um, seven. Mm. Did you get a lot of attention? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> because I was, um, I don't know. No, I didn't actually. I was in the gym club. It's the only thing I, could, I couldn't do backflips. Too fat. Mm. <laughs> I couldn't even go up the rope. Oh no, neither could oh, I. Oh gosh, you used to get your hands burnt. Oh, yeah, you know you get a bit of then slide and down and burn your hands. Just hang there. The firemen are really that you're annoying. <laughs> <laughs> Time on a fashion. We'll start with a question. What never fails to make you laugh? Let's start with Joe. Oh, my best friend Lorna. Um, I met my best friend Lorna when we were in infants. Uh, and Lorna remembers the first conversation we ever had, which apparently was about death. <laughs> and we were like four, four or five years old. And now, um, I live in Birmingham now, and the house came up for sale next door to Lorna, and I bought it. Um, and so we live next door to each other. Oh, yeah. brilliant. It's brilliant. We were trying to do that Beatles thing. Do you know when they live next door? <laughs> I can't remember the film where they live next door to one another. But uh, there's only two of us, so we're not doing the Beatles thing. <laughs> do you still talk about death? Yes. <laughs> I think we talked about it yesterday. <laughs> I always talk about death, Sarah. I'm a you comedian. were just before we yes. came out. <laughs> Death's my big subject. <laughs> my big subject. Got a PhD in it. Oh, yeah. God, so Lorna is hilarious. She's she's. Re- I mean, I can't think of anything she's said. Actually, I said to her recently. I said, um, I'm, I'm almost forty nine. I'm going to be forty nine this month. And I said to her, I'm, I'm just amazed. I said to her recently, I'm, I'm absolutely amazed how much I don't know. <laughs> I said, I've realised how. I, I said to her, I've just realised how much I, I really. <laughs> I don't know so much stuff. She went, are you only realising that now? (laughs) (laughs) She has this really kind of -of matter-of-fact way that just cracks me up. I love her dearly and she's hilarious. You know, you don't have to learn everything before you die. No, I know, but do you know, I think something about, I mean, I wrote this on Facebook, but I think it's true. I think there's something about getting older that you realise there is lots of stuff that you want to know and you don't know. I don't know what, I, I mean, I, lo- I love learning anyway, but I do think that, you know, I, I don't know, I think I'm, I'm just at this age where I'm going, there's so much I need to learn about. But it's true, can I twins are seven now, and they think they know everything. Yeah. I mean, everything. It's, it's, the confidence is 
it's sublime because it's just ridiculous. <laughs> I wish I had that confidence now. Oh, it's, it's, it's just beautiful because they're like, I know, you don't know, you're seven. <laughs> I know how to drive a car, you don't, you're seven. <laughs> swear to God, and it, it never ceases to amaise me, this massive confidence, but I'm exactly the same. I, I The more, the older you get, the less you know. It's, it's, yeah. scary, it's scary, really. I've just sort of stopped learning, though. Have yeah. you? I've decided. <laughs> Is that because you're an author? <laughs> no, I was. Um, I went on holiday a few years ago with a couple of friends, and we went to Miami. And we went on one of those. They wanted to go on one of those bus tours, you know, where you like the double decker bus. You go around and you got the headset on, mm, and you learn oh, about yeah, everything. Yeah. Is and I actively didn't put it on. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I was on holiday, that. I thought I'm not learning on holiday. <laughs> So everybody, like the, my other two friends were listening and they were pointing and looking at th- things in the buildings and they were learning about which films were set there and they were like, ooh, like this. And I was just having a lovely time just looking at nice buildings. I didn't give a shit. <laughs> Do you feel it? <laughs> I don't care. They will have forgotten everything now, so we're on an even keel again. <laughs> Do you feel like sometimes I get this feeling that your head is too full of stuff? Oh, Not your head, everybody's head. <laughs> Do you think you get the feeling that my head Your is too full? <laughs> I, I definitely have, get I have a limited memory, so if I, if somebody says you need to, like if I get a new pin number, I'd have to push out a memory mm. of it when I was five, <laughs> and I had trousers that had muppets on the pockets, <laughs> and it's a very small memory, but it would go because I had to take in a new pin number. <laughs> this happened to me recently, I finally got a half decent phone, and it's got a four pin number. And now I can't get money out of the cash point machine because it's like <laughs> the second, it's like the second full number that I have to remember, and the first one is just gone. Some people have the same number for everything. Mm. That terrifies I'm me. Sure do you have that, Jordan? Mm. I do. I do. Yeah, yeah, and it's so obvious you could all rob me now. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to look in my eyes for two seconds, and you'd know it. <laughs> I do have the same number for everything. Same oh. pin number, same password, everything. I just I think it is, if they're going to rob you, they're going to rob you. I'm going to you know, rob. You know how you're supposed to do enough exercise to make you sweaty? You know, that's a thing that you're supposed to do. And the, the thing that makes me sweat the most is that second when I'm at the cash point and I've forgotten the number. <laughs> and I can feel it running down my back and I think, is that exercise? <laughs> <laughs> Of course it is. <laughs> That's the best. <laughs> so what never fails to make you laugh, Sally? Oh, I think, I, and it sounds really trite, but I think it's Victoria Wood. Oh, yeah. yeah. Of course. You no, know, and I was thinking, I mean, my best mate, Claire, I was, she does as well, but I can't say that because you just did brilliantly. Um, not as long as you haven't got the same best, best mate. No, no. no. no she's but my best friend. Victoria, <laughs> Victoria Wood, just constantly, since I was, I went to see her when I was 15 at the Opera House in Manchester, and I was just obsessed by the fact that like you do Sarah and completely encapsulate the audience and you do Joe in the most amazing way and I, I just I just think it's so beautiful and then a mm. sketch show and I remember I was watching when I was trying to be arty <laughs> in theatre type when I was about 16 I went to see Plenty <gasps> what a bag of shite that is <laughs> <laughs> I went to see Plenty it's a really like highfalutin play probably somebody's trying to cast me in it and I've just completely fucked it up but <laughs> Um, basically, let's see plenty at the, um, uh, where was it, the uh, library theatre. And I remember I was there with my mum and there was this bird came on and she'd been painted like as a, as a tree and she stood there as a tree and she was completely naked and you could see all her pubes and everything. And my mum said, should we go home and catch the other half of Victoria Wood? <laughs> <laughs> and I went, 
can we? Because I dragged her there. And then we were like that on the bus, on the 192 bus home, going, blooming it, we're going to get the other half. And it was brilliant. And then we just got in for Acorn Antiques. And it was, I just went, that's where my career is yeah. going. <laughs> it's never going to be like the uh, high polluted drama. I have done shoot. I have done Shakespeare, and I have got my pubes out before. Have you? Yeah, for money, you know, an old time. <laughs> oh, do you mean acting? No, <laughs> um, no I have. <laughs> I have. Yeah, I did a thing called Ordinary Lies where I had to get. Oh God, bloody hell! It's about three years ago now, and I had to I had to do full on, get the old norks out. I said everything but the C-section. <laughs> 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 and they, they're on. I knew, I knew the DOP. I knew the cameraman, so he's all right. He avoided. So did you bit. literally have to? They had I didn't have to get the bottom bit out. But I had to get everything else out. <gasps> yeah, it was all because I, I know no it sounds way. dead arty, but I completely believed in it. This character was brilliant, and she was an every woman, and she she was finding her sexuality. And I thought, well, I can't go halfway with it because it's not going to work. And mm. that sounds dead arty and whatever. But you've got to go there, haven't you? But it was. It's always dead awkward filming in. in the, how have we got on this? Uh, it's already. It's all dead awkward filming in the nude because you've got forty crew there. And they always say it's a closed set and with the dead respectful. And there's some, like, grip walking who pass with a fag in the mouth. Like, you and know, the erection. curtain rope. And no one cares. <laughs> and an erection. <laughs> Unfortunately, not in my case. Like that, like, sorting the lighting. You see, it's, it's, just, it's just what it is. It's just work, isn't it, really? For me. When you mentioned Victoria Wood, mm. uh, I watched... Um, on Boxing Day a couple of years ago. You remember that day we sang? I know she did it mm. as a show as well, but um, with um, Melda Stone. Did you see that? And Michael Ball. Um, and I watched that with my family and it was my mum and dad and sister and I and my husband and we were all sitting watching Boxing Day and it was like that post-dinner slump, you know, and it was... And we were all excited for it. And then my mum dozed off and my sister dozed off and it was just me and the men watching it, the two most important men in my life, you know, my dad and my husband. And, and then... Right towards the end, not to spoil it for anybody, but right towards the end, um, my dad just looked like he was about to say something. And I thought, and it was obviously all about love. And I thought, oh my God, my mum and dad had been married for like 50 years. This is going to be some incredible advice that he's going to give to me and my husband, you know. And, and right near the end, there's a scene uh, where Michael Ball climbs up a ladder. And, uh, and my dad just, and I thought, God, what's he going to say? And he just sat back and he looked at me and my husband and he went, I used to have that ladder. <laughs> We did the same with Christmas Downton Abbey. They were, I think they were at Annick at one point. They'd obviously gone for like a day out. And my dad said, me and your mum have stood there. <laughs> he just notices locations and props. He's not really bothered about the romance of anything. I've never seen it's that. my dad. They, I'm going to say that's my, that's my thing that makes me laugh is my dad. And now what's yours? Um, yeah, my dad makes Well, he's not with us anymore, but he always made me laugh a lot. We had a very, we had a very similar sense of humour. We both used to laugh a lot at local news. Um, we, I, I'm, I live in Cambridge, so we have a look east. I don't know what your equivalent here is, but there's a lot of stuff on there that used to make us, us piss ourselves laughing. <laughs> Probably the greatest example was they did an interview with a woman. I think she was like a hundredth birthday. And she lived out in the Fens, so she had one of those glorious accents, and she was talking about like her childhood out in the Fens, and she said, um, and then the tuberculosis came and took my parents. And we went, what the fuck? <laughs> I was like, What? What the hell is a tuber colossus? And we, I like I basically we'd narrowed it down to some potato-based creature that rose out of the fence <laughs> and like took them out to sea. And after about half an hour, my dad said, "Why don't you Google it?" And when I started to Google it, I realised they were spelled exactly the same as tuberculosis. So that was <laughs> probably what she was talking about. 
<laughs> Say it again, Hannah. Tuber Colossus. Tuber Colossus. It's quite lovely. Tuber Colossus. Yeah, it is. I, I, used, I can laugh at local news because I actually used to work at a local newspaper and people are mad. People mm. just ring up with mm. crazy stuff. There was this great... Some, I answered the phone once to this woman who was complaining about a scary scarecrow at a local scarecrow <laughs> festival. And we sent a report around her house to have a look at it. And he said, hang on. He said, well, you can't even see it from your house. How can it be scaring your kids in the garden? And she said, oh, they can see it when they're on the trampoline. <laughs> Amazing image of these kids like bouncing happy and getting up to the top, like, <laughs> like coming down again. Oh, it's fine. Yeah, I know. I did. Yeah. I did a summer once, like working um, in timeshare. Oh, weird. Anyway, in Croyd in Devon. We know where that is. It's beautiful. It's just nothing. Anyway, nothing goes on there but local news. And the front page news one week, and this is from like just literally falling out the hacienda out of my face, and I'm in this really quiet place thinking, okay, I'm getting on with it. Front page news. Man shocked by double yoke. <laughs> this bloke, this, this bloke with a frying pan with a double yoke, and I thought, you got round there that quick to take that picture <laughs> of the double yoke, and that was the news. That was the local I news. I thought you said shot to start with. You said yeah. Shocked. I thought you said shocked. shocked. Oh, I thought you said shot. No, it's not I even thought, that interesting. I you said no, shocked. I definitely thought it's some sort of gun. Sorry, no, it's well, not. I thought it was a gun. Shocked right. by double yoke. That was that was front page news. <laughs> Oh, you get a, a lot of odd shaped vegetables is shocking, in local It is shocking. Are you shocked? I'm absolutely aghast at the double yo. I was just, what's going on here? I mean, yeah, I love that. There's a Twitter feed, are we allowed to say that? There's a Twitter yeah. feed called Crap Local News, which you will absolutely yeah, love. Yeah, Oh, it just makes me And roll. is it all real? So it's real all stuff? All real stuff, yeah. All oh, dead concerns, um, citizens pointing at pointing things. Pointing at, yeah. <laughs> Pointing I'm at a crack in the that. pavement. Yeah, yeah. Ooh. It's not. It's not a decent local newspaper if it doesn't have at least one middle-aged man pointing at something. <laughs> yeah. they, haven't be, they haven't been collecting the um, rubbish in Birmingham. Have you heard about that? <gasps> yeah. <No>. <laughs> 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 the, the bin men have been on strike in Birmingham for how uh, for long? A long time. You Ooh. can't notice the difference. <laughs> 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 But local news, local news was like some journalist who you've never seen before just standing by two wheelie bins going, still ain't, still ain't took the rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> by the side of a tower block. I'm like, you want to move away from that tower block? I know that tower block. <laughs> You're going to lose your legs if you're slagging, slagging off people's wheelie bins. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Start with you, Sally. What are the best and worst things about your work and life? Start with best. Uh, The best thing is that I always wanted to get up every morning and do something I love, which I think a lot of people, a lot of my family don't. They have to get up and they have to work for, for, you know, they get their money in a way that is sometimes quite painful, sometimes quite hard, and and but they do it because they've got children and they've got responsibilities. Whereas I get up and and I do something I love every day. I, I, but the worst thing I think is um, I don't know what's the worst thing. I, it, it, you sound like really airy fairy. I think it's I think ninety nine percent of people in the street are absolutely divine, hmm. and then there's this one percent that once they've had a few drinks, they think they can get you in a headlock, <gasps> and or you when you're eating, you can they can put your knife and fork down and you know and say I know you hate this, but could you? And you're like I'm literally or put 
put notes under when you're on the toilet and could you sign this and so that bit I'm because I'm quite what private. do you sign it with though <laughs> <laughs> well I'm getting cockier <laughs> we're like oh it definitely says Sally Lindsay but it seems to be in shit <laughs> <laughs> oh we should have thought of that <laughs> no I don't know I mean I think it's because I'm so private and so sort of um it, I, I get really sort of bit anxious yeah. about that mm. bit do you that, get recognized often then, a lot so? yeah mm. but I mean not not for people don't know who, they don't know my name but they know me off something right so yeah. it, uh, it's that thing off the telly and I, and, and, I, and I get really I get really nervous because I think oh god I'm gonna have to stand here and go through my entire CV until they find out the one I no I had that I was in a carvery <laughs> I love All a the time. Oh, I love a <laughs> I was going to say, I love a carvery. That's our first choice. My husband and I were like, what should we do on a day off? We could have a Sunday mm. dinner at 11 a.m. <laughs> on a Tuesday. Um, and the, the waitress came over, and this is a few years ago, and she said, me and my boss recognise you, but we don't know what off, so could you help? <laughs> and I just said, I can't, I just can't, because it was just so like, because it sounds like you're going, was it off eight out of cats? Yes. Was it off more three? And you're listening in case, what if I, what if I'd gone to school with her or something? I know. <laughs> and and it turns out we used to be friends and I was like, is it off all the telly I've done? What a shit well, I sound. I've done that before when I've, I've stopped to the, the, stopped to the lights and somebody's sort of been waving waving the head off and I've gone hi and then I remember when I just first moved down to London and (laughs) Steve was driving (laughs) I feel such a dick and Steve was driving my husband and I was on this side and this woman was like frantically waving at me going hi hi and I was like hi doing that and and then Steve went I went to school with her you can be a massive wanker and that and that's the problem you don't know you it's finding that line between i really want to talk to you and it's really lovely that you like something i'm in but i don't want to be a wanker because i'm going to stand here for you know with 20 years worth of shite that i've been in and i don't know what to say it's just dead i'm just never got over it i'm dead awkward i think it's really interesting the way people forget that you're a person Mm. it's like i mean I, i you know you're famous i'm not famous but even not being famous, people still feel like they have the right to sort of comment. I remember doing a gig at Jonglers and this really tall man just leaning, like giraffe tall, and I'm really little, and he just leaned right down. He was like... Oh, no. And he leaned right... He was like, took forever to get to me. (laughs) And when he got to me, he just leaned in and he just went, you're not funny. (gasps) And I'd just come off stage... And it was like, you're, for, you're forgetting that I'm a person. Yeah, no, it's and true. that's a job that I do. And I think that's amazing that people just... I mean, obviously, she may have been recognising the accent and not putting it to you. But I think there is this element that people feel like they can say anything and mm. you can, you can I take get, it. I get probably once a week, um, I'd say, in all honesty, once a week, oh, you're not that fat in real life. <gasps> say that again. At least once say a week. Again. You're not that fat in real life. Seriously, mm. once a week I get that, and and it's taken me a lot of. Could time you could to, you say you are? Yeah. <laughs> well, you're fucking massive, love. Something like that. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's just you just can't. You just, just like you like say, Joe. How do you how, how, how would you come up to a complete it's stranger? Weird, isn't it? It's just a familiarity thing, and it's just dead it weird. I've never got my head around it. And because it's not a right or wrong thing to do, you just well, have what to do kind you do? of fudge Because you if you say. What the fuck are you talking about? Then they go, oh, she's above herself. Yeah. Or if you say, yeah. oh, thanks. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so I, you just think of a fat cow in front of the millions of viewers. You know, 
Yeah, what'd you say? It's just horrible. My first 10 spot of Jonglers, uh, I did, it was in um, Manchester, and I did a 10 spot. So it's the first gigs that you do, like the open spots that you do to sort of learn your craft. And, and so you're, um, you're new, but I suppose for Jonglers, you're not necessarily that new either. Or you no. You're trying, you're showing the, the promoters what you can do. And and, um, and I had um, had a good gig, thankfully, but then went into the ladies' loos afterwards because it was the interval and heard people saying, what did you think of the woman? Because <laughs> you're always the one woman the on the bill. And so I flushed the toilet, like just continually, so I couldn't hear <laughs> And then I got, the, something happened with the toilet door and I got stuck in the toilet. Oh, and I couldn't open the door, so the thing had shut and it wouldn't reopen. And I'm starting to like shake the door. And then this, I heard a voice on the outside the cubicle saying, are you stuck and I was like I am and she, and she didn't know it was me and she shook the door with me and we eventually managed to like sort of get it open and she, and the door swung open and she went oh you were really funny and I thought thank fuck <laughs> because she might have just shut me back in <laughs> back in your trap you were shit get you back in sh- <laughs> Actually, the thing that I love about my job is probably similar to what you said as well is that every day I go to work and I love it I absolutely love it the fact that I didn't find out what I wanted to do until I was uh, 29, uh, I think a lot of people think, because I used to, <laughs> this is really weird, I used to panic when I saw in the in the local papers that there was like a girl had, uh, she was six and she had like four tap dancing awards <laughs> and she had red lipstick on and blue eyeshadow even though she was six. And I'd always panic and think, I haven't started doing anything yet. I'd be like 10 and I'd think, but I must have had to have been doing something for five years and I've got no awards. And I'd completely panic and then, no awards. I couldn't wear lipstick. Uh, And then to get to 29 and find out what I wanted to do and to sort of find the It's a massive relief. Oh, it's such a relief. I was 22, I was was a bit younger. I was 22, I was at university and I was doing English and I wanted to be on Women's Hour but then everybody talked like this, and well, they sort of do still now. Don't they? It's a little bit different, not a lot. But um, and I thought, but I had my own radio show and everything, and and the cleaners listened to it. it wasn't that interesting? But I was I was really really into it. But and then I was in an, a, a play by accident, and I thought, oh my god, I'm, I can do this. How are you Such in a, a play shock. by accident? Did well, you just walk onto a stage? <laughs> not far off. I don't know what happened. There was this really posh boy called Charlie Pickerel. He was lovely, gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous boy. And he was in my uh, halls in the first year and he was dead passion. He, he was in the uh, drama society and he said that somebody's dropped out. We're doing Arthur Miller's The Crucible and, and there's this uh, Sarah Good, who's the pisshead in the prison, um, is, is, is the woman's dropped, the girl's dropped out. Will you do it? And I said, why did you think of me then? <laughs> Is it because I'm drink, uh, currently drinking eight pints of Stella in a night? Which I was on a quiet night. And that was it. And I did it. And I remember just turning up at this the first rehearsal. And it was just amazing. All these people putting something together and then showing off. And oh, I just loved it. I nailed it. And that was it. I just never looked back, really. I loved it. You didn't just go for only pissed rules after that. <laughs> I try and get them so I can sneak one in. <laughs> <laughs> that was Shelley in the Rovers. Yeah, I was always constantly leathered. It was all real. <laughs> and what are your best and worst things about your... Your job is quite varied as well, isn't it, Joe? It is a little bit varied. Um, I do stand-up and then when I'm not doing stand-up, I do acting and then when I'm not doing that, I'm knitting really, aren't I? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mainly knitting. 
and trying to find some socks that match. Um, <laughs> Not always succeeding. Never succeed. <laughs> the, the, the best thing, I think, is the f- simple fact that you're being paid to do something you enjoy. I, I always, I, I've done lots of jobs like sticking two pence pieces on things. And both of my parents didn't particularly enjoy their jobs, do you know, particularly my dad. My dad really had a hard job that he really didn't enjoy. And I remember being about 13, 14, and I, I think somewhere within me, I, I kind of made the decision that if I got a job that I liked, then that was a great place to be. Mm-hmm. That was a great place to be. I always think that's almost the secret of life is to find something you're good at and trick somebody into paying you to do it. Mm. I still can't yeah. believe I get paid. Yeah. Yeah. Becca yeah. going, yeah, we can't. <laughs> <laughs> and, what, and what is the worst thing about your work and life? Then? I think the older I've got, the more I dislike travelling late at night. I don't drive, so I get trains, you know, uh, back to Birmingham, wherever I'm from. Wherever I'm playing, I'll get a train back to Birmingham. And sometimes that might be Cardiff or Nottingham or Leamington Spa, if any of you want to drive me back to Birmingham. Yeah, I don't. I don't like travelling late at night. I get a bit nervous. I never used to. And then I got on a train in. I got on a tube in London once, and (laughs) it's a funny routine that I I wrote into my set about a guy taking out his penis and masturbating on. I know it was nasty. It was horrible. But I wrote it into a story, and I use it in my stand up. But it did actually make me quite nervous. Yeah, Yeah, it did make me a bit nervous. But no, we live together. He's lovely. Not really. the father of me babby lemmington no it's not it's not it's not um but no on a serious note it does make me a bit nervous of traveling at it, night yeah. it does mm. it does yeah that, so wouldn't, that's, that's, that wouldn't happen in lemmington though no 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 they'd buy you a drink first definitely <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't like traveling um well uh, the best thing about my job is i get to do stuff like this which is yeah good um yeah i do enjoy my job i'm in a fortunate position i get paid to do something i like doing mm. which is yeah how well, did you sum up your job recently uh it was uh, 90 sitting at home in my pajamas and 10 percent saying cunt in public <laughs> <laughs> that's everyone's yeah, ultimate job like Theresa Theresa May. it is the dream that's on your passport yeah it is, it is the dream well, funnily enough i went into america recently and i got asked loads of questions at customs because i had journalists written on my mm. form and they um I had to queue for hours to get to the point where the guy asked me, and of course we've been on a nine-hour flight, and you have to check in. So I've been up about twenty-four hours by this point, and the guy said to me on the thing, um, "So what? What? Magaz- what? Who do you work for?" And I said, oh, "I work for a woman's magazine." And he said, "What sort of stuff do you write?" And um, the sort of stuff I write is the sort of stuff that calls Donald Trump a cunt. So I. <laughs> thought i'm not going to say that so i said you know the sort of stuff that appears in women's magazines and he said like hair and makeup Uh at this point i i mean i never wear makeup anyway but my hair was like this so it's like sweat head of hair and i just went yeah yeah i'm I'm the mascara and hair expert and he said okay welcome to america and like stabbed my thing and i went in yeah, so, um, so I suppose actually that's the worst part of your job. But being a journalist, like it's not, it's a bit like being a lawyer or an estate agent or whatever, you know. 
it's very hard to be able to say, you know, I'm one of the good ones. I don't follow people around their house. So I don't make up quite yeah, but we I need don't them, run bullshit stories. But you do tend to get tarred with the same brush mm. as everyone else. So I suppose that's the ad, ad downside of journalism is that, although we only do nice things, mm. I think. Think. Let's ask him a real bitch of a question now. Just <laughs> <laughs> What's the biggest assumption that people make about you? Or incorrect I can, I can assumption, start. I would can say. I start? Yeah, you certainly can. That I only ever eat cake? <laughs> <laughs> like, that, that is literally all I eat. Um, Actually, do you remember when you and I did that show together and a photographer turned up and he said we were at Newnham? college and he said uh can i have a photo of you two and then he said uh can you be eating cake or something (laughs) did i refuse i think we did refuse and then somebody turned up with the cake for the photo and he'd already gone and we ate the cake (laughs) (laughs) glorious i still eat cake i just don't want to be sort of well there was an article in the uh irish mirror that i'd been on a massive health kick and had lost uh, an, an enormous amount of weight I can hear the sort of reaction from the audience of like, huh, has she? No, I haven't. I've done either of those things. But what they've done is they've taken a picture of me, uh, a very unflattering picture of me, and then a quite a flattering picture of me, and they've compared them. And then they cross-referenced that with my Instagram account where there had recently been a photograph of some satsumas. <laughs> and they worked out from that that I'd been on a health kick. You're like, if I just ate cake all the time, I would be. I've got IBS. I'm not even really supposed to have gluten at all. I'd be constantly shitting. <laughs> I'm actually lose more weight if I ate cake more often. <laughs> that's just unbelievable, yeah, isn't it? You just want to go, oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah, but I just it was. They were so surprised that I'd had some fruit. <laughs> <laughs> What's the biggest assumption anybody's made about you, then, Sally? Um. Well, there was one time where <laughs> Five Live always ring me. So if you do any press or any programme you're on, the journalists, and not you journalists, Hannah, amazing journalists. Thank you. The journalists, they're sort of like the people, you know, the pink tops journalists. Mm. They always have your number. So they, so they ring you at, at any point about comments or whatever. Anyway, there was this journalist rang me up and she said, hi, it's uh, Penny from blah, blah, whatever publication. We just want to know, how do you get on in life without having a degree? And I <laughs> And I said, I've got BA honours in English. And she just went, oh. It's almost like, oh, I didn't think Northern Neocals could possibly do that. <laughs> really? And then I went, and I'm like thinking, what do you want to do? See my certificate. And it was, so I suppose they assume that you, we all, I don't know, it's, maybe it's a North-South thing, I don't know, I hope not. But I think if you are sort of working class, they assume that you have no knowledge of anything or any education or... But also that because you haven't got a, I haven't got a degree, but it doesn't mean I'm well, exactly. not intelligent. Intelligent, yeah. So it was a, an assumption. And I'm not, not that the degree makes you intelligent. I, I never met as many stupid people at university, to be honest. <laughs> I've got a great story about that, actually, quickly. Yeah. Uh, there was this um, amazing... There was, a, there was a guy who was a, a Belgian prince that was in my halls of residence. <laughs> and, he, and, he, and he said, oh... And obviously, very cut-glass voice. And he said, oh, hello, Sally. Would you like a cup of tea? and we were in the, the kitchen and I said that would be lovely Reiner thank you very much it's called Reiner uh, that would be lovely Rhino. Reiner thank you. Reiner Reiner. Reiner. And, uh, and I said Reiner that would be lovely amazing so he got the kettle and he got some tea bags and he put the tea bags in the kettle <laughs> <laughs> that's the kind of dickheads I went to university with, so 
I'm not. I don't mean that. Well, it's it's the first time, intelligence at all. First time he'd made a. He dressed for dinner every night in a castle. He didn't fucking clue what I was making. I had to teach him how to iron. to everything. He poor sod. He didn't. You know. When I first started doing university gigs, I always used to tank and I couldn't work. I always die in my hole and I couldn't work it out. And then I realised it's because they're all like eighteen and I was talking about divorce at the time. Because when I started, that's kind of was the main crux of my set. But I also had this massive chip on my shoulder because I didn't go to university. That had this idea that they were all smarter than me that they could smell my ill of results on me <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and my husband who's also a comic said just next time you do a uni gig just look at them just look at them yeah just have a good look <laughs> and I had a proper look and I could see that there were some that were definitely sparky and, and then there were some that I thought no fucking way because <laughs> you can't do a degree in like PE can't you so there's yeah. some that might not have been as smart maybe but I don't know and quite a lot of it is just people in bow ties in lieu of a personality <laughs> great time at university don't get me wrong it was brilliant but I just it was just the assumption that it was the assumption know. that you definitely didn't and how how and you I was would have thick. how you would have managed if you didn't as well yes and how did how I did get on in cook? life how do I manage make a fucking cup of tea <laughs> 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 can I in a shirt pet yeah it was it was yeah it was bizarre there's loads of assumptions people make you know yes mm. you know Joe anyway. what about you what's the question Sarah um, <laughs> what's, what assumptions have people made about you uh, I think because uh, because I'm a comic, I think people make the assumption quite often that I'm confident. Right, yes. Mm. And that I, I don't mind talking in public or that I'm going to be funny when I'm not on stage. <laughs> I'm just not, really. <laughs> I've got I've got numerous taxes and... Uh, and I've stopped saying I'm a comedian now. I've just, I just say I'm a writer, which mm. is partly true. Yeah. Um, because I write my own comedy. But normally if I get in a taxi and I say I'm a comedian, they go... Mm. You don't look funny. <laughs> I think I think that means you're a woman, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, I think I think it comes from. I, I think I deliberately I, I, I deliberately don't try to be funny because I used to get quite annoyed with the comedians of the seventies and the eighties, people that couldn't switch off. Do you know when people were just kind of you know they, it was like they didn't have a personality. It's like they had an act, and then they had their act was their personality and I was like but they're not there's an act and then they're people and mm. so I deliberately just if anything I go quieter mm. you know but I think uh, yeah so but uh, the, the thing that people often make the assumption I think is that because you're a comedian you're a confident person and mm. I don't I, I think most comedians are not particularly confident people mm. I think they're quite frightened they just happen to be able to memorise some lines yeah. <laughs> can write jokes and t- tell yeah, them a few times for yeah. sure yeah, mm. I once got in a taxi and uh, from a station to get to a gig, and uh, and the guy and I was quite new and the guy said, uh, "Is there something on there then tonight?" <laughs> and I said, uh, <laughs> "Yes, it's comedy night." And he said, "All oh, right, he was on." And I said, "Well, there's a whole bunch of people, but I'm one of them." And he went, "You are." Yeah. <laughs> and I said, "Yeah." And he said, "Is it some kind of special night? Is it?" <laughs> And I chose to mean the, uh, he meant the other w- <laughs> way of saying special. And I said, yes, it is a special night because I'm on and I'm special. Oh, I'm special. <laughs> didn't work. Outrageous. <laughs> Outrageous. What do people assume about you, Hannah? And then we'll, we'll, have, a, we'll have a break. Um, well, some of a low level annoyance. People assume that I want to talk to them on public transport, which <laughs> is not. Mm. I really don't. Mm. Um, I am one of those people that I just, I don't give a fuck uh, <laughs> what, what you've come to say to me. And they do tend to witter on if they are really elderly ladies i will give them the benefit of the doubt and talk oh. to them but for the most part um no so oh. so people think that 
I have that sort of face that people think she looks nice. I'll she talk knew, to her. I have that face as well. <laughs> and I, I try really hard to just sit on the bus and look like a mm. just like really <laughs> terrible, horrible person mm. that they still come and talk Do you to just, me. Is it because you haven't got the, you can't be bothered? I think it's because I'm that sort of shape that sort of, you know, that, like that typical, I'm going to say it again, I said it the other day, <laughs> that brown owl shape where I look kind of like <laughs> brown owl <laughs> shape. <laughs> That I look like, oh, you know, she looks like she'd be good with kids and, you know, I think she'd be helpful. <laughs> Brown thing. owl yeah. shape. The other thing that people assume that really annoys me on a much bigger scale is that because I don't have children that I must want children. Oh, I know. Which that is, uh, it, it is hugely annoying. Or even like me. them. Yeah. Actually, I do, li- I do like kids. I just You're don't want to take any home well. with me. Um, no. Yeah. I, I, other people's children I can... Yeah, I can get on with, but when I go home, I'm like, oh, thank fuck, they're not here anymore. <laughs> I, I like the time they were there. friends when they get pregnant. Really? Yeah, oh, because they're going to be, they're just, they're not going to have time. And I had one friend who, um, who every time I spoke to her, and it's not her fault, she was just being a mum, but she had to go, put that down, put that down. Mm. Don't put, no, that's jam, that's not for you. <laughs> Let's just try to have a conversation. Yes, Sarah, those it's people annoyed me too. Oh. And then you, when you, then you, you end up, you end up doing the thing that really used to annoy you. Yeah. But I think it's because I like to be sort of I'm quite needy so I think having a friend who's not solely concentrating on me not really interested in do you know what though the assumption of the in this industry when you when you have your so you get a boyfriend right this is in the press you get a boyfriend when you get married so you go and yeah. get married for him when you have <laughs> for them when you have your first and you have child, a secret ceremony secret, which means private private <laughs> secret yeah. and then when you have your first kid and you know I had quite a lot of trouble having children and and I really wanted them and I've got loads and loads of mates in the industry that haven't got children and never wanted them and there was never you know what if somebody was in a position where they really couldn't have them and journalists still ask that question Very it's only to girls and my my mm. husband's quite a prominent drummer in this country and he's done 30 years worth of interviews and in his last interview I said did anybody ask you about the kids of course they didn't so he's been on the covers of drummer magazines enemy blah 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 and I said in 30 this is what I said to this journalist this poor woman and I feel sorry for him now but I said in 30 years my husband has never been asked how I juggled my children and career never never once it's just the girls Mm. that's all the time Mm. and it and it drives me Mental. I don't know how we got on that, mm. but I've got it out now. Okay. Do you feel better? It? <laughs> it's sort of therapy with an audience. It is. That's what we do. I um, wanted to time, say something. Sorry. Should, oh no. Go oh, on. Just, just this one quick thing. Actually, yeah, yeah. you've just Hannah reminded me of it. Do you know? Because I've got one of those faces as well, where people want to talk. Talk to you. And I actually really enjoy. I'm oh, really, really kind. Um, <laughs> You're a much nicer person than I am. I'm joking. I'm joking. But I did this thing where I consciously thought I'm not going to engage because it's taking too much energy, right? And this guy just got on and he sat, literally I was on the train with a table and he sat opposite me and he was like, don't even ask me where I've been today. (laughs) So I didn't, I didn't. I deliberately didn't. I just was like, okay. And he was like, you don't even want to know where I've been. (laughs) And in the end, I'd say, where have you been today? <laughs> and he'd had the day of his kid. He was a, you know, he was a dad who, who only got to see his kids at the weekend. And he really wanted to talk about it, you know. That's but, what yeah. friends are for. That, exactly. You took the words it out It is mouth. what friends are for. <laughs> I, I got on it um, very quickly and then we'll have a break. I, uh, 
I got on a train once and it, it was rammed and my somebody was, somebody was in my seat and I didn't want to get into that. So I thought, mm. I'll just find a seat further on. And I had loads of bags because I never, I can never just take one case. I always have like four bags instead because I've got like a gig bag and an overnight bag and a work bag. So I'm carrying all these bags and I found one seat opposite this man and I thought, he looks all right. And again, because I get nervous, I thought, he looks all right. Like he's not, he's not going to be a chatter. And I sat down and he looked up and instantly I could see it on his face that he'd recognise me. Oh. And I sat down and he looked up and he went. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, Sarah. Nothing. Like, my face is not that funny. <laughs> and he said, he just went, life's a bit of a comedy, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and I still had my fingers, you know, in all of your bags. And I said, I'm really sorry, I can't do this. And I just got up and kept walking. <laughs> And you know he'd have been writing jokes for you by the end of oh, it, saying, God. yeah, you can have this one. For your skit. <laughs> yeah. Um, what's the best thing about getting older, do you think? <laughs> You're going to talk well, about that death free again? prescriptions? Did you say? <laughs> <laughs> well, not that How old, old do you think I am exactly? <laughs> <laughs> First of all, do you like getting older? Do you know, I thought I'd hate it. I remember my mum being 54 and thinking, she's so old, she may as well die. <laughs> I know that's dramatic, but I was, you know, as a teenager at the time. And I'm not far off 54, really. And I feel all right. Like I could go on a bit longer. <laughs> uh, what's the... What, I actually, I really quite like it. Um, what was the... Did you ask me what the best thing about yeah, it what, was? Yeah, well, you have a lot of time, don't you, to kind of reflect on the years you've had and gone, well, I messed that up, didn't I? <laughs> and then work out why, how you messed it up. I'm doing a lot of that at the moment. I'm reflecting a lot and going, I really messed that up. I've got to try and not mess that up in my 50s, do you know? So I think, I'm, I'm, I think you've got a lot of, you know, you've got a lot of things you can reflect on. I know that's a bit of a deep and unfunny answer. Mm, no, no, true. Though. But I think, um, I think that's what I'm trying to do, yeah. I'm trying mm. to learn. I'm trying to learn, aren't I? I'm trying to learn from my mistakes. And there's quite a lot of them. <laughs> quite a lot of them. <laughs> Sally, what do you like about getting older? Um... I think it's more, it's brilliant because as I, each decade goes past, the less shit I give about things <laughs> that I used to. Yeah. So I used to be like, when I was in my 20s and I was, you know, just, oh God, amazed. my first job was the royal family and, and I was really working really hard and I was so, I, was, I had to be at every party, I had to be at every networking thing. And literally, as I've got older, a, you don't get any work from networking things. No one gives a shit or remembers you because they're all pissed. <laughs> and secondly, they're going to give you work anyway. And it's just interesting, career-wise, I've gone, I just don't care anymore if, if I get the job I do. If I, and I used to, when I came out of an audition I, and I didn't get it, I used to have weeks of anguish of, why didn't I get that? Oh, I was, And now I literally forget about it or pretend I've done the job and, and, you know, and I was great. <laughs> so just delude yourself I just delude myself oh, I don't really give a sh you know you just just things are more important it's just work it's lovely it's brilliant and, and important to me but you know it's not like I'm clamping a ventricle in a war-torn area 
No one get, no one, it, it's just p- pissing her out on the telly. In my head, clamping a ventricle, I was just thinking, what kind of vehicle is that? <laughs> I think it's a type of vein, isn't it? I think it's a type of vein. Like, I got seen by Ella Jeff, probably got that horribly wrong. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't think, giving less of a shit. Yeah, good answer. That's the answer. Hannah? Yeah, that's pretty much the answer. <laughs> yeah, because so, yeah, I don't really give a shit what I look like. And that comes with its own pressures when you're younger. Mm. In that people constantly try and tell you what you should be doing with your hair, your shoes, your makeup. Whatever. It's funny as you get older as well, if you make any efforts. Yeah. <laughs> people go, you look well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's you think, that's because I look so rough a lot of the time. <laughs> I always look like yeah. a bear's arse unless, I mean, the, put, the only time Steve sees me makeup on is when I've just come home from work and I've been through a makeup chair because I just, why should I do that? I had a friend who, um, who went into a department store to buy, she, she, she had some, there was some cream that she wanted that was really good for her skin. She had quite bad skin, bless her. And she went into this department store, which was on a lunch break. She just wanted to grab it as quickly as possible and then bugger off. And uh, the guy on the counter obviously was trying to upsell her and was, and he was saying, oh, I don't know if this is the right cream for you. And she'd been using it for years and she wanted it. She just wanted Ugh. that. She wanted to just buy it's it and off. go. And it was this whole hullabaloo. And he said to her, uh, do you mind me asking how old you are? She was sort of early 50s. And he obviously thought he could do better than... He just wanted to... Oh, God, she couldn't be asked. So she said she was 70. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant! And he said, oh, I take that back. Whatever that cream's doing, it's amazing. You look like you're in your 50s. <laughs> Oh, so that's a good so tip for everybody. Great. Just add 20 years to your age and everything to look incredible. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's amazing. I love that. I think mine's the same. Mine's the same. It's just um, I say no a lot more to things and I don't give explanations. So if somebody said, do you want to go to a party? I've literally never wanted to go to a party unless I was at school when nobody invited me to a party. Maybe that's why. Maybe that's why I've just gone, fuck parties for my whole life from the age of about <laughs> I seven. Am. Yeah, Don't invite me. I don't want to come anyway. Um, I used to say, oh, I'm sorry, I can't. And can maybe we could meet up another time. And I do all this explanation. And now I just go, oh, no. And just leave it at that. <laughs> Silence. <laughs> Have a lovely time, though. I just say that on the no. end. No. No. I'm really good at saying no now. It's not going to happen. I think that's come with age. Although but, I find that, I mean, you can be a grown-up in the real world and then you spend any time with your mother and, um, <laughs> and then... And then as you're leaving the house, she's just trying to give you anything to take to your house. Because, <laughs> like, and the other day she was like, oh, I've got some chicken. I was like, I don't need any chicken. And then she went, bin bags? <laughs> <laughs> Is she just decluttering her house? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> My mum is glorious, absolutely glorious, because she'll just bring something round, because I have... a. Um, when I've got a little cottage in Manchester when I'm filming up there. And that sounds dead exotic, but somebody lives in it as well. But she comes around and she cleans it when, between people. And there's always some shit that she leaves, some clutter. And the last one was this most amazing thing where it was like a mesh thing that you put over a fruit bowl with a mm. big butterfly on the top. I've got one of them. Have you? <laughs> and I was like, what the hell's that? And she said, it keeps the flies off. It does, mm. it does. And I'm like, but it's like January. It's, and, you're, and it's indoors as well. Indoors in January. And I'm like, all right. And, but she's brilliant. She's got, she buys me things that you can hang your bananas on. Right load of shite. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it entertains me, you know, a, 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 like a barbecue you can fold out in your garden. And it's like got one colour gas in it, just burns one sausage in the middle. <laughs> 
she just buys and I just love it and I know it's her showing me love yeah. um, but it, I just it just makes me laugh these inventions she brings around is there a home bargains by your mum <laughs> is, it, is it oh what do they call it um, not home bargains it's that other is one is it the better work what does it keep coming keep coming what the, do, do, uh, not rain Dunelm 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 she loves a Dunelm <laughs> Barbara is always in Dunelm <laughs> Full of Barbaras. <laughs> full, of, full of Barbaras. When you're talking about uh, sort of leaving stuff, um, I um, I went out with a bloke once and uh, and it, it was going quite well, so I started to leave just bits, you know, just bits in his house. And every time I saw him, he gave me a carrier bag of the bits back. <laughs> <laughs> he just kept oh, saying, Sarah. Oh, you, you left these last time. And I was like, oh, okay, thanks. <laughs> Stuffing a wedding veil into a carrier bag. (laughs) (laughs) It's a very long wedding veil. (laughs) Oh, it didn't last very long. (laughs) Um, Of all the work that you've done, what do you? What's what's your favourite bit of it? Either the thing you're most proud of, or just just enjoyed doing the most. Is that me? Let's go on to start with Sally. Um, gosh, that's a hard one because I've. I, you're usually very proud of the thing you're working on at, at the moment. Um, but if going back through time, I think it's when I first played the Royal Exchange in Manchester because that was one of the times it started everything off when I was 14 and 15. You used to queue up si- outside mm-hmm. for the bonquettes around there. They used mm-hmm. to be called these little seats around there. When I was 15, I used to, that's how you got like theatre on the cheap like for a fiver. And I always thought it was the most magical place in the world. And it was when I was first, I was a lead in that, and it was in A Taste of Honey, which is one of my favourite plays. And I think probably that's one of my proudest moments. But mm. I'm extremely proud of Mount Pleasant as well, because we, it took us, thank you, it took us like six years to get that made. And, and we did it for seven years. And, you know, so I, I, I'm proud of a lot of things. But, um, yeah, I think probably the, the Taste of Honey at the Royal Exchange, the first time I stepped on that stage and... It was it was magical actually. Mm. Yeah, I think that. Sarah. Oh. Oh, sorry. Ooh. Were you doing me? Did you? Do yeah, me? I was just saying Sarah. Um, I don't know. Um, I think uh, every time I start a new tour show, I get very excited, and that feels like because the tour show goes on sale so much in advance. Uh, you know that I always I always get messages. I got a message from somebody the other day. Actually, they were being quite mean to the venue and they were saying my ticket says uh thursday october the 18th no such day exists so is it wednesday the 18th or thursday the 19th and i replied and i went it's next october does that help (laughs) (laughs) and she went yes it does thank you very much for fixing so awful but she was being so mean and I needed to nip it in the bud but um you massive shit but it always feels like I'm always very flattered when a new tour goes on sale and people buy tickets that it's it's basically my fans saying yeah you can keep going for a bit longer yeah and uh, so every new tour is always very exhilarating and that's because I've got a new tour st- starting in, in January and it's it's very exciting when that starts so that's usually what I'm proudest of because I, I think what you're saying because it's the current thing that you're doing yeah, is yeah. usually the, the thing that you're proudest of um but also, I wrote a book and I didn't honestly ever think I'd write a book. <laughs> and it feels like such an adult thing to have done. Mm-hmm. The yeah. stand-up feels like dicking about. Like organised dicking about, but still dicking about. <laughs> but a book is like, I've been fucking libraries. I mean, maybe not fucking libraries. I shouldn't call them fucking libraries. 
but I find that quite I don't know it's amazing it, it feels ridiculous mm. still mm. um so yeah and also um standard issue just the fact that something exists that didn't exist before something that was um uh, necessary allow- yeah necessary in allowing women to be interested in everything rather than just what you said at the <laughs> at the airport yeah mascaras and hairdos yeah <laughs> I've got um, all the tips <laughs> uh Jill forgotten the what you're proudest of, of of the of the work that you've done over the years oh yeah um i did a I did a television uh, series called the job lot which oh, was brilliant. Um, which i played a, a character from birmingham and she was a particular type of woman who's always annoyed me um uh, and in my stand-up i say she reminds me of the women that work in my local doctor's reception and I think I got uh, there was such a joy. It, there was such a joy in playing her because those women genuinely get on my nerves. <laughs> Do you know the women who are in really important roles, like working at the dole office, when people are really vulnerable, they've yeah. got no money, and they really need sensitivity. It's the time when they need to be treated with the utmost kindness. And those, some of those, not all, but some of those people in those jobs shouldn't be in those jobs. And I think exposing that, playing that type of woman, it gave me pleasure, really. It gave me pleasure. It, it felt like a real privilege to play that type of character that, you know, you just go, yeah, there you are. You exist in the world and we all see you and none of us are happy about the way you're behaving. <laughs> you know? I, I used to work in a job centre and I remember texting you. I remember you saying, just Sarah, said, oh my yeah. God, I worked with her. Yeah. And it wasn't just one of her. There was no, shitloads no. of her. <laughs> I get a number of people, regu- when I was doing the show, a number of women would come up to me and go, I'll work with her and then just go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I work with her, you know. But that sort of controlling dehumanizing my mom's a doctor's receptionist is she yeah not not all doctors <laughs> that's not a joke <laughs> not all but i i the area where i grew up in they are particularly harsh women who don't make any eye contact with you when you're trying to get an appointment and i just think it's wrong you know yeah. and so it kind of that that was one of my most enjoyable jobs was i got to play somebody very very spiteful you know which mm. is a joy to, to play but also that, that massively exists and is isn't really, really represented exists, on yeah. the telly no it isn't no it isn't represented because so, when i yeah. worked in the job center i remember i used to work on front line so i used to sign people on when they came mm. to um to sign on and um and i'd been there quite a while and this guy i was just like next please and this guy came and sat in the chair opposite me and he said you're new and I said, I've been here six months. What makes you think I'm new? And he said, you're smiling. Oh. <laughs> and that's exactly it. I was such kind of a rarity yeah. because I was pleasant. Yeah. <laughs> it's outrageous, yeah. really, isn't it? It really it's is. It's like you're lesser of a human being because you need some help. But I, I think that little bit of you time. do get hardened, though, because I, I, I used to get very upset when sad, because there was obviously a lot of sad situations, and I used to get really upset, and I'd go home and have a little cry. And then um, and I realised I moved on from that job. I was picked to go to a different section um, because I think you get hardened to it. And I think part of, maybe not with that character, but part of the kind of um, shut down emotions is just because it's quite a hard job. You detach. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Think you probably I understand, have to. I understand. There's a fine line, isn't there, between detachment and cruelty? Yeah, yeah. And, de- uh, you know. I'm enjoying it. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I think I've, I, I, I got accused of shoplifting in a chemist recently. <laughs> What? <laughs> Where did that come from? I took a turn, didn't it? <laughs> so, Joe, 
Awesome. I've got a one-year-old baby, right? So I'm tired a lot of the time, which is why I keep asking what's the question again, oh, right? No, I totally remember and that. And you know, and you're just like, <laughs> you know, I've got odd socks on. I've got Ross summer cardigan. I'm dirty a lot of the time, you know. I've got a little baby and I just grab things. And I was in my local chemist and it was a really hot day. So I had to buy some sunscreen. And I bought, I bought it, I paid for it. And then I just heard the woman going, has she paid for that? <gasps> like to the thing, like I was a teeth, you know. <laughs> Down with the kids. And I was just, I was, I was having a bad day and I just went, did you just accuse me of shoplifting, lady? <laughs> like, and I just laid in but she was one of those types of yeah. women where she wouldn't make eye contact with me and I was like do you know these type of people I really I, I struggle with them I really do struggle with them so yeah playing that type of character I don't I don't know what it was it felt like there was some sort of I don't know it felt like getting them back a little bit it was like <laughs> we see the energy what you're doing. to be that nasty every day oh yeah I mean, it must be exhausting it is exhausting I'm, to be a, yeah. a right pain in the yeah, arse rather than just being out I don't know I don't get it you, you work with some obviously remain nameless but you work with you know a lot of, some actors that really take it yeah, the yeah. energy and the and the deaverish and oh my god it's exhausting like Jesus just learn your lines shut up and we all get in the pub <laughs> <laughs> shut up <laughs> Hannah what are you proudest of um well standard issue I would say we provide a necessary service I, just, I say that as someone who was a writer and needed somewhere that would allow me to talk about stuff that was stuff that I was interested in because I mean I can't write about fashion because I don't understand fashion it's I mean, not a thing it, yeah um, I can write about westerns but um, <laughs> gardening and things that I can actually do um, or enjoy um, and so yeah, definitely. I mean, from a personal point of view, I own a flat, which is an achievement that I, I can't imagine that I ever thought I would, as someone who is so shit with money, <laughs> as I am, and single. Um, the fact that I actually persuaded someone to lend me enough money to buy a flat is a constant source of joy to me. Excellent, yeah. <laughs> How do you relax? You've both got kids. Do you actually relax? Well, I'll tell you I relax now, and you'll get this soon, kid, when they get to school. It's brilliant. So you have a day off, and I put my ironing board up in front of the telly, and I watch DIY SOS on a loop. <laughs> You're so showbiz, Sally. <laughs> and they have a couple. I think I remember there. reading Elizabeth Taylor's autobiography, and there was exactly those words in it. I just love it. I have a good old cry. I go all through. I, I, I the whole week. Hang them all. You up don't use that that sort of linen water on oh, your eyes. Well, it's no, pure no, tears. <laughs> pure tears. <laughs> And that's what I do. I feel like I just, that's how I relax. Is that, is that, is that ironing? Ironing and watching DIY, DIY SOS mm. has got to be on loop or some sort of, or there's some sort of terrible formulaic <laughs> American detective thing that you could literally write with your eyes yeah. shut in the bath because it's the same thing. But yeah. it's just sort of that like, like a uh, formulaic. Formulaic, I like that. I like a bit of formula. When I'm, that's because you can just empty your brain it's DIY, I don't know if I, it's DIY SOS the one where something bad's happened and it's made them stop doing their garden yeah no it's like they, <laughs> something, something's happened to either one of their children or their foster child something sort of yeah bad's happened to them and and they and then all the community come in and they rebuild a house for them and and try and help their lives and it's just, I just love it 
I love it. It's my Does it make you cry, Sally? Ball. I only have to catch the last five minutes of that sort of thing, and I'm like, <laughs> look at him. He's got. He hasn't had a bathroom for ten years. Yeah, honestly, <laughs> these people are living in you know, and you just think, oh, that's ace that, and all the community get around and do. Need in this Trump era. <laughs> get a bit when you see like builders filling up, oh, I love it. I love it. Anyway, that's. I know, I, but while I'm crying, I think I, I like to make myself useful. <laughs> <laughs> it's not enough just to watch the telly. No. No. Me, I think I'll be wasting time then. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Sorry. Do you with a one-year-old? Do you relax? Um, no. I try to relax with him. Sleep when they sleep. Shut up. Oh, if someone else says sleep when they sleep, I will punch them to the floor. (laughs) I know. I'm like, you sleep, mate. I'm going to make you sleep. (laughs) Uh, I I still knit when I can, Sarah. Mm. Things like this relax me. Just having a little time with yous and yous. Yeah, Yeah, just having a chat. It's nice to be out the house. (laughs) (laughs) I'm surprised you didn't bring your knitting. I think you're so surprised you didn't bring the baby. <laughs> I did. I, I have. I've bought us um, a, a kit. Um, uh, some wrist warmers. It's an Aldi knitting kit. Oh, I love yeah, Aldi knitting kit. Justin, my husband just said it's just sleeves you're knitting. <laughs> I was going to say, what, why do your wrists need to be warm? I not don't your know. Hands or I think they're gloved. I think they're fingerless gloves that are just very long. That, it means you don't have to do the fingers then, presumably. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Which are quite tricky. Much easier, yeah. <laughs> so knitting, really, I, I, I try to knit um, sometimes when the baby's watching Sesame Street. And if he falls over, I feel bad. <laughs> How would you I, relax? You don't relax, do you? I don't relax, no, not really. Um, no, whiskey. Whiskey? <laughs> Whiskey's good for me, too. Well, there is yeah. the wine as well. So I wish about I that. drank. I don't drink. I do like active relaxing so it might be going to the cinema or something so it's not work that's how I know it's definitely relaxing but it's not I can't although yesterday I had a day off yesterday and I sat on the sofa and I've got a little dog and he sat on he sat on my knee but then um it started to rain he's not great with the rain because he associates it with thunder and that's when he gets shaky I'm the same he let me (laughs) (laughs) you can sit on my knee anytime you like love and he let me hold him like a baby, which oh. helps some some things inside of me, clearly. don't want kids, but I do quite like when a dog curls up in my arms. Oh, it's lovely though, isn't it? And I put the telly on, and there was some Muppets-type programme on, and uh, type film, and he was in my arms, but looking at the telly. So his head was properly to one side. And I sat there for about an hour and a half and I felt so relaxed mm. and I thought, oh, I clearly just needed to be heavy, heavily raining yeah. outside so that the dog oh. lets me hold it like a baby. <laughs> and then I'm all right. And the Muppets on at the same time. Oh. So it's really specific circumstances. It's quite a formula though. <laughs> but it was lovely. See, my pets just stress the shit out of me. Do they? Yeah. They're what, quite, what, what's they, that, Anna? My, my pets are really stressful. Are they? Yeah, mm. they um, I have two cats and one of which is entirely neurotic. How do they stress you? Well... I bought a printer yesterday and I printed one piece of paper and one of them attacked it, tore it to part. <laughs> and the other one was so scared of the noise, she ran around the back of the sofa and had a wee. <laughs> <laughs> and that's just my life with my pets. One of them's really angry and the other one's really neurotic. 
I just wanted something I could sit on my lap and just stroke. Yeah. yeah. And just, yeah, well, this is like blood I've pressure. I've got two cats and they don't do that. They sort of go upstairs and play their tapes. Uh, <laughs> Tracy Barlow. Yeah, they're totally Tracy Barlow. Um, so we don't see them for a lot of the time and they never have, they've never been sitting on the knee uh, cat. So we ended up getting a dog because my husband said, you're quite needy and we need a needy pet. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, please love me. And he looks at me and goes, please love me. And it's he is beautiful, your dog. Me in heaven. He's beautiful. We've just been in the little um, axe, you know, sort of dressing room and Sarah's got her dog and he, I love that one ear thing he's he does. He just puts his one ear up like that. I'm like, you're he's adorable. Gorgeous. He is the sweetest little thing. Gorgeous. And he just, it, well, if I, you know, if you have rubbish times and you're weepy or whatever, he just hears the the noise that I make, that my voice is different or whatever mm. it is. And wherever he is in the house, he'll just come and sit on my knee automatically. Oh. He just knows when I need like sort of <laughs> stress stroke. <laughs> <laughs> like that, taking take him on for the team. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> this is hurting, but it's making her feel better. <laughs> okay, I know my purpose. <laughs> when I did, um, when I when I went to antenatal classes, you you might have heard me do this in my stand up. But it, I went to antenatal classes, and the lady that taught it said that if you've got a dog or a cat and you go into labour, the dog knows before a person knows. The dog knows that you've gone into labour. And they're she said amazing. that they're incredible. I, I, like she was like the dog will know you've gone into labour and he, he will be there. And she was like, the cat won't care, but the dog will be there. <laughs> the dog will be boiling kettles and cows. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I wrote the routine on. Oh, really? Yeah, the dog will be like, would you like amazing. Hello Magazine? You know. I, I, I remember I went to one antenatal class and uh, we all turned up and um, I had twins. I've got twin boys of seven, and I was like the size of I was a fifty-four inch waist by the end. And I was four weeks early with them as well. Anyway, so when, I Would thought... Did you get a tape measure to, to do that? Well, I got... Yeah, no, I, I, well, I counted it and then it got to there because it's 52 and then I just measured the other two. <laughs> Literally, I was honestly... Gosh, gosh. Well, massive, the massive, my boys. Anyway, so it's this antenatal class and I thought, well, I better work out because nobody was saying, we're going to give you a C-section. I thought, when did they tell you that? That'd did you great. have a C-section? Thank God I did in the end, yeah. Did but you nobody, one? No. They, yeah. they said, no, we'll do it naturally. It'll be fine. I went, okay. I thought, I better go to a class. Anyway, we turned up. Load of pregnant women there, and I said, um, "So the that's sec- weird. I oh, know, <laughs> weird. <laughs> needing, needing a wee, as you always do." And then she said, uh, "I said to her, look, um, is it all right if uh, you go through the twin bit?'" And she went, "I've never delivered twins. I don't know what to do." <laughs> and that was it. Yes, that was my one antenatal class. She said, oh, "I don't know what to do with twins." I went, oh, "Okay then." She that's sounds great. absolutely brilliant. She was amazing. Just amazing. Anyway, don't know how we got on that. So, so when I what, Googled what it. did you do? Did you just do one and then repeat? <laughs> <laughs> no, in the end it was it was a well, it was an emergency. I say it was an emergency. It was the little the most the least emergency ever. I just went in, they put a drip in me, and then in the morning they took me down to the operation table table and got them out, that was it? Whipped them out, kids. Did it did it did it hurt when you had your C section? Uh <laughs> We're all friends. Um, no, because I had this amazing ep- uh, epidural and uh, and he was just fantastic and he just kept saying, if you feel sick. And then these two boys came flying over and mm. that was it. But one of them was poorly, one of my babies was poorly, but she, he was, I was absolutely fine now. But yeah, so it was a bit, yeah, it was a bit hairy, but I didn't, I can't remember, it was off my face. That's, yeah. the, that's the only thing that appeals to me about childbirth, Being is the drugs, face. yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was just very just... <laughs> There was a line. Nobody tells you to take yeah. too much. They just plow. Yeah. There was Do you a line. Like epidural for your birthday. Yeah. That'd be great. Gas and air for me birthday. There was a line I said in the royal family years ago, and I'll never ever remember. And, it, and this is it. And 
it, she says, Michelle, my character, and she went, I was very, very heavily on the piss, Barbara. <laughs> and that's exactly how I felt, literally for a week, just leathered. Literally, because <laughs> of the drugs they were giving me, because I was, you My know. dad had, had an epidural freeze, a uh, hip replacement. And so he was awake the whole time. Oh, God, how do they do that? And they give him headphones Ow. so he could just listen to music so he couldn't hear any of the noises. Sorry. And he was just... Because my dad is like... a fucking amazing man and he just sang along to the music while they were could he see them doing that operation no because they have like a little thing over so you couldn't see Um, do we know what music it was I know that's not the point of the story it was hip hop he wasn't happy because it was country music and he doesn't really like country music but he sang along with it it was a tie and a a ribbon that's what he sang along to so was he drugged he was very drugged he was uh, very drugged yeah but they kept just popping up and going are you alright and he was like I'm champion (laughs) just kind of amazing man it is amazing they can just cut half of you off and I mean the thing oh god knows what was going on well I was having two babies pulled out that's what was going on it shouldn't be god knows you should have known what they were doing (laughs) but you're like oh I don't want to see that thank you very much what would you say is your best and your worst character trait? <laughs> oh God, that's hard, isn't it? Ooh. Character trait. What's Anybody character can trait? leap in if they've got something. Mm. To I say. think my worst is that I'm always a little bit late. Oh, somebody doesn't like that in the front row. Are you is that lady that you always on time? Oh. I'm but silly. On you're time wasting your time. You're early. early. Why would you be early for something? What's Desperate. Because you don't want to be late. Desperate. See, I quite like being late, because then whoever you're meeting is already there. Mm. It's quite... But they, yeah, people are used to it now. Although a couple of my friends decided they were going to just turn up 15 minutes late, because then they'd be on time for me. And I, so I was there a bit earlier than them, and I didn't like that at all. <laughs> I think that's my worst thing. And what about the best? I, oh, it's weird, isn't it? Because we're not... It's hard to be... I don't know, to be... No, you're allowed to say something nice about yourself. Um, I'm a grafter. Let's do there that. There you go. Then. I work hard, I think. Uh, and something that my dad... The worst thing you could ever be to my dad was lazy. Still is. Yeah, but, I, the worst. mine was much like that. And I've totally adopted that. Like, I think he would chat to somebody in the street that he used to work with and as they walked away, we'd get a very quick summation of what they were like as a person and it was either that they were hard-working or lazy. That was all he ever said. And I think, yeah, so I think um, I work really hard. And I, think I remember my granddad, who died when he was 92, but he was sort of brought in the 30s, and he said to me, uh, when I said I was pregnant with the babies, he went, what are you going to do for work? Mm-hmm. It wasn't like, congratulations, this is wonderful. <laughs> I know you've wanted these babies for so long. Was that your granddad? My granddad, he's not mm. with us anymore, granddad Bob, and he's like, what are you going to do for work? Mm. And when I left Coronation Street, he was horrified. I thought it's he was that slap generation, me. though, Sally. They, they sort of panic yeah. for you. Mm. And I think it's lovely, you know, and I, I totally, you know, that's, that was a big thing in our family as well. You, you went out to work and that was it. Yeah. What, what are your best and worst characteristics? Mine. Then? Mm. Oh, I think my best one, I, I'd probably say, oh, God, it's really hard, this. And this is my friend Claire who's told me this. It's not me. But she said, you can probably find a level or either find something in common with people anyone you speak to I'll find even if it's like I've seen a program on Peruvian mining and they're a Peruvian miner (laughs) I'll I'll have a massive chat about that because I've seen something on BBC4 so I'll try and find something because I like to feel comfortable I like people to feel comfortable I'm not very good at conflict and so I suppose I can try and talk to anyone really whether it works or not but I'll have a go 
You've got to watch a lot of documentaries for that. I love a documentary. <laughs> I love a documentary. That's when I'm not watching DMs. So, so. You don't cry during documentaries. No. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> and what's your worst characteristic? Oh, my God. I, I'm always in a, a frenzy and a panic. And, and probably I get anxious about things that I shouldn't. I think that's probably it. Yeah, I'm always a bit frenzy. A bit mm. like uh, I get worked up about things straight away before I've even thought about them. You know, and and I know I, I have to sort of have a calm, but that's why my husband's so brilliant because he doesn't, and he, he's great to calm me down before I. One of my friends, you know. um, comedian Roshin Connolly, said to me that all couples are fizzy and still, and I really like that. So you're oh, fizzy t- and your husband is still, and I'm exactly the same. I'm fizzy totally. and my husband is still. He's just like a calm water, mm. and I'm always like nah all the time, <laughs> just constantly anxious. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I haven't got an octave high enough. And he's like, well, let's have a think about it. And I go, why do we have to have to have to know, it's, it's bullshit and I hate it. And I, and I hate it about myself. And I know I'm doing it. I can see myself looking out like an astral vision. Look, going, being a dick. And I can't stop myself. <laughs> I know. Anyway, that's... <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for sharing. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, what are your best and worst characteristics? Thanks for repeating the question. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> One of my, I think, oh, I've got, a, I've got a few things I'm not that proud of. One of them is my memory, actually. Uh, people will go, you remember we had that conversation and I told you that really important thing about that thing that had happened to me. And I'll go, yeah, what thing? <laughs> and I'll have forgotten something really significant. And it, it, will be, it will be because I was tired or maybe a bit fed up or stressed and I'll have forgotten um, I, I do tr- I do try to remember things, but I think one of m- one of the things that I'm not really the thing I'd like to get better at is finishing things like sentences. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 I, st- I start too many things, Sarah. I've still got tea cosy that I'm making for your fortieth birthday, which is fortieth. Yes. <laughs> Exactly. That's right. Till, till you know, still and need to be kept warm in years to come. Do you know? <laughs> but I've got like so many like oh you know I've got a hat I'm making for you. I started it in '84. You know, and I've got so many like things, and I shouldn't have started them all. I should have just gone. I don't. I don't know why I'm doing this. You know, and then you feel like oh I haven't completed that for that person. So that's something that I am not particularly proud of. What's the question? Oh, what, what do you genuinely? Like what do I like? I think something, my mom's not alive anymore, so you think a lot about people, don't you, when they're gone? And I think one, one thing I loved about my mother was she, she was not a wealthy woman. She worked in a factory, but if people needed things, you know, I remember my mom just having like five quid and someone would knock on the door and they'd need five quid, you know, and she would give it to them. Mm-hmm. And I think one thing that she sort of ingrained in me is if somebody needs something and you have it, you know, you give it. Apart from tea really coast. need to take <laughs> <laughs> it's coming it's coming in two years um so i like to think that i i have an awareness i try i try to i am aware actually of things that people need and if i can help i do try to help and i, I um and i think that comes from coming from a family where people the culture is that if you can do something to help someone you do it mm. um and so um yeah, I think that that's something, that's a family thing. I'm not always that kind or that giving sometimes. I'm not always that aware, mm. but I try to be. Hannah? Um, 
Yeah, my life's... I'm really, really, really chaotic. I My admin is appalling. My... Yeah, I'm 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 not particularly well organised. Um, yeah, I think I need to spend a bit more time on that from that point of view. Um, but on the other side, on the other hand, when things are absolutely terrible, I am pretty fucking stoic. <laughs> I can just I do have the ability to just soldier on, just for almost any amount of time, just. As long as I can have a little moan every so often, I can take almost an infinite amount of crap. I don't necessarily know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. That's a great but, thing. But yeah, I am. Um, but I think, yeah, it'd be good if I, I... It takes a crisis for me to be an organised person. If I was as organised as I am during a crisis in mm. my real life, I mm. think my life would be going a lot more but sort you of swingingly. But you wouldn't have the energy for the crises. So. No, that, that is true, yeah. I mean, I should definitely tidy up more. Just do it. I just do it when somebody's coming round. That's the only time. But then I just then, don't invite people around. But then sometimes... <laughs> fixed. Sometimes there's a knock on the door and you genuinely think, I really fucking hope that's the Jehovah's Witnesses because <laughs> if that's someone who wants to come inside my house, I'm going to have to just, hey, let's go and stand in the cupboard you under think the you've stairs. Been burgled. <laughs> it's quite tidy in there. Has anybody got anything to plug? Have you got anything to plug, Sally? Uh, oh! Uh, what am I doing at the moment? And filming's still open all hours at the moment. That's on Boxing Day. Nice. And uh, and then I'm in Panto this year. Where are you in Panto? Dunstable. It's miles away. You can't get there. Oh, it's miles away. Is it miles? Anyway, it's reasonably near me. And, and I'm I'm playing Wicked, so I'm well chuffed. I'm oh, playing nice. a Wicked fairy. I've got an outfit and everything. Oh, smashing! Oh, I just can't wait. Stuff. Honestly, it's so smart. Joe, have you got anything? I'm knitting some wrist warmers. <laughs> <laughs> and a tea cozy. And a tea cozy and some iPad covers. It, and is I there a will... tea, tea cozy anywhere there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's oh, a tea yeah, cozy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, the tea cozy's there. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm just doing gigs. I'm just doing gigs, really, about the place. Nowhere, nowhere really. I mean, special, everywhere special, isn't it? Is Leamington Spa special? Yeah. yeah. I think so. There we go. Uh, I have a book out. I don't know if I mentioned it. Um, <laughs> and also my tour is on sale and we should... Oh, Hannah, do you want to plug yeah, the Yeah, Standard podcast? Issue is available to listen to. Three a month are the Standard Issue magazine as a podcast and then one a month is an event like this. So please yeah. have a listen if you haven't before, even though you cheered at the beginning that you hadn't heard. Woohoo, haven't heard. <laughs> Fucking have a listen. Uh, <laughs> you've been a smashing audience thanks ever so much for coming uh, please join me in thanking our brilliant guests Joanne Wright Sally Lindsay Hannah Dunleavy and I've been Sarah Millican thank you very much goodbye hi me again just a quick word to say thanks very much for listening thanks to everyone at the Leamington Comedy Festival and to Maddie Hickish for being fantastic with the sound to Jen Offord for all her super organisational skills and to Sally and to Joe for coming along. We've got loads of these in conversation events stacked up on our feed and you should listen to all of them because all of them are funny. But in the meanwhile, thanks very much for listening and speak to you next week. Standard issue for all women. <laughs>